Hello again, and welcome to another episode of All Things Urticaria from Medthority. In this session, Professor Marcus Mora will be discussing the impact of itch. We will look at the impact on quality of life for patients with urticaria and help improve your understanding of this debilitating condition and how to treat it. So, Professor, what is itch? Hello and welcome back to All Things Urticaria. My name is Markus Maurer and we will deal with a very special and disturbing aspect of all urticaria's itch. And I'm very happy that my friend and colleague and itch expert Martin Metz is here with me. Hi, Martin. Hi, Marcus. So it is fantastic to have you because I don't think I know anyone who knows more about itch than you do. Um, my first question to you is how does one become an itch expert? Why does one become an itch expert? What's, what fascinated you about itch uh, that led you to start all these projects and studies? Well, I guess the main reason for this is that uh, there are so many people that suffer from itch. Um, urticaria is one example, but there are actually many more apart of uh, urticaria. And as you say, there aren't many who are dealing with itch. So that means for the patients who suffer from itch that they don't have partners to talk to. There, there is not, I mean, imagine that there is not one single licensed drug for the treatment of itch. Um, I mean, in urticaria, we have drugs, um, luckily, uh, which which also address uh, the itch part. But but this is this is licensed drug for urticaria, but not for itch. So so I guess this was uh, initially the the main reason to become involved in that because um, we as a team thought that there needs to be more done. There needs to be um, uh, tools developed. Um, there needs to be uh, drug. Uh, development and and uh, you know there, there needs to be something happening in the in the field of itch and this this was my motivation to to get involved in that and and start working on this in more detail. There there are many words for itch. Obviously, uh, patients have kind of different sensation. What is special about the itch in urticaria? Uh, what do we know about how the itch in urticaria comes about? Well. The first part, you said that there are different uh, words to describe it, and um, actually in every language there are different different words for it, and um, uh, and and some don't even refer really to to itch. So they say it's a stinging, but it's a stinging itch, or a burning itch, or a painful itch, or a pure itch, tingling, tingling, something like that, or crawling, um, all, all these things. And um, but in the end. Uh, that the patients still see this as itch. And referring to urticaria or also comparing it to other diseases, it seems to be at least to some degree specific for the diseases um, on how this itch um, feels for the patient. And in, in urticaria, for example, we have mostly something that we call pure itch. Um, so people can also have a burning itch, especially if there are swellings, um, but but the main itch they suffer from is is really this pure itch, and this is different from other um, diseases where patients uh, have this more painful itch, and then they scratch, and they often scratch deep so that it's bleeding, um, and this is something that we never see in urticaria. Mm. This is very interesting because. Um, 
urticaria patients suffer badly from the itch. So, so this is really the main um, uh, aspect of the impairment in the quality of life is the itch, but they don't scratch usually. They they um, tap on the skin or, or press or, or put cold things on it, but they don't scratch. So you don't see scratch marks, um, uh, not like, for example, in atopic dermatitis where, where they do scratch and they actually, um, atopic dermatitis patients often report that that even though it itches terribly when they when they scratch, it's it's a satisfying um, uh, situation, and and this is not true for urticaria patients. So they for them it's not satisfying. That's that's why they don't scratch it. The reason behind that is is probably that um, the different itch inducers um, bring about different types of itch. And in urticaria, it's mainly histamine. And histamine is responsible for this for this pure itch that apparently is is not um, satisfactory to to scratch. Sure, but you know we we all have patients who do not respond to antihistamines. So yes, histamine is an important player, but how can we explain that even high doses of antihistamines do not work in so many patients with urticaria? Yeah, well, that's a difficult question, actually. Um, so there may be different hypotheses for that. One one is that there's just too much histamine, and mm. you know that um, the drugs that we have are just not able to to antagonize all the histamine that is in the skin. Mm -hmm. But then, if we see the mast cell as the as the main cell responsible for the signs and symptoms in urticaria, um, then then we see that histamine is not the only substance that is released by mast cells. There, there are other substances, and um, many of them we we might not even know the biological relevance in in terms of urticaria. But from others, we also know that they can activate sensory nerves. Um, uh, there are proteases like um, they call tryptase. Um, they have specific receptors on sensory nerves that that can get activated and, and induce uh, severe itch. So, so there are different ways of how the signs and symptoms um, can appear in a patient. Martin, you've injected all kinds of things into your arm, actually also in my arm, if yes. I recall correctly, to find out what itches, what doesn't, how long, uh, if it comes with inflammation. Um, what can we learn from such experiments? What have you learned from such experiments? Well, on the one hand, we can we can learn about what I referred to before, so the different qualities. So, so understanding whether certain substances induce more this pure itch or painful itch and so on. And by understanding this, we can just by talking to a patient um, narrow down our diagnosis, for example. So if the patients tell us, okay, this is this is really a painful, painful itch, um, then then we can say that, oh, okay, so it's more likely to be this or that substance. I mean, you experience this yourself, that some of the substances, even though it's itching, also have a very burning sensation, yeah. and sometimes a very painful sensation, and, and other things really, yeah, you say that, okay, this is this is very itchy. For example, we like to use this cowhage spicules, these little plant things that 
that we rub on the skin. Oh, yes, I remember. Yeah. And this is something that, that horribly um, uh, itches. Um, and the itch is really different. Very different. Yeah, very different. And you also don't see anything happening on the skin, really. I mean, if you inject histamine, you see a wheel, like, just like you touch a stinging nettle or you, or, or a jellyfish. Um, but with those spicules, man, that was very, very itchy, yet the skin looked normal. Almost yeah, normal. and actually, this is something that we also look at. So we don't only... Um, ask for the itch sensation, so what's the quality, what's the intensity, what's the duration, but we also look at the skin and by other means, so, so what does these, what do these substances um, induce regarding the vasculature, is there more um, blood flow, is there a wheel developing, and if the wheel is developing, is this a huge wheel or a small wheel and so on, so, so we look at these things additionally, because as you say, some do one thing, mm. some do all things, and some do certain things in it. Fascinating, really. Um, Martin, people have called itch the little brother of pain, um, and I know you don't like this uh, uh, expression, uh, to, to me, I often hear from patients a mixed description of the sensation. You know, it's a painful itch, it's a itchy pain. How do we distinguish between pain and itch? And what's worse? Yeah, so the last part is, I think, the most important one. And um, this is why I don't like this expression very much, uh, because there's not this one being worse than the other. So if we ask, and that's something that we and everyone should do, ask our patient um, on a scale of zero, no itch or no pain, to 10, no pain or no itch, um, what's this, uh, the number that you would give the sensation? And if you have an itch of 10, this is horrifying. This, this is tremendously um, impacting everything in, uh, for the patient. So they can't sleep, they can't concentrate, they, 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 they even can't do, have normal social interactions and so on. So, so this is really, really terrible, just like pain in these categories. And then you have pain um, that, that is a two or a three, which is okay. Um, it's there and if it's constantly there, it's also a problem, but it's exactly the same um, for itch. So there's no, nothing being worse um, really than, than the other. What, what does having itch of eight or nine or 10 every day, which is what many patients with chronic urticaria experience, what does that do to you long-term? You talked about sleep impairment, uh, school performance, work performance, partnerships. Uh, what do we know about the comorbidities or the long-term consequences that come to patients because of their itch? Yeah, the problems are manifold, and of course, they're individually different from patient to patient. But um, overall, we, we know now that um, it affects daily life, daily activities. Just one example, um, by just looking at, at work. So this is something that is often done in many diseases and many regarding many symptoms, so that there are um, questionnaires for the work productivity and um, act, uh, uh, and activity. Um, and from that, we see that patients who have severe itch, they go to work, 
So it's not that they stay at home um, like you would do maybe in you know other diseases um, where you have fever and so on. So they go to work. Um, but what we see is that the work productivity is dramatically um, reduced and the activity, so, so the efficacy also of the work is dramatically um, reduced. Another thing is we ask our patients, um, does it affect your sexual uh, activity? Oh. And more than 50% of the patients with itch higher than a six are strongly and impaired in their sexual activity. But this goes on and on. You know, you have more depression. Um, you have actually something also very important. Um, the patients who report severe itch, so seven plus on, on the scale of zero to 10, they have thoughts of killing themselves. So call it this suicidal ideation um, that ranges up to 20%. Uh, it sounds unimaginable, and I think that's exactly the challenge. You cannot slip into the skin of someone else who is itchy, but uh, if you think about 50 or 100 mosquito bites at the same time, that is a horrifying exactly. thing. You know, exactly. Yeah. Martin, I imagine it is quite difficult to measure itch because it's a sensation, you know, you can ask patients on a scale from zero, no itch to 10 maximum itch, where are you right now? Are there no ways to actually measure this with uh, a machine or a marker or can we not develop something that allows us to put a number to it that is independent from the sensation of the patient? Yeah, we as physicians, we would like to have that because we want to have things as objectively as possible. But you have to remember that that this is not an objective symptom. It is subjective. So, um, I mean, even though I do think that this is important to develop these things, um, I still think that the most important part is the patient and what the patient tell us. So these, um, these subjective ratings uh, will... I think forever be the most important ones. But you are of course right, we we would like to have these tools and this is something that we're working on. And um, this is again, something going back to what we uh, discussed before these these tools that are these, these um, injections of substances that we're doing is also, um, we're doing this also to, to find means of objectively assessing that. So something that we're looking at, for example, is the superficial blood flow, because mm. we know that when sensory nerves, and those are the ones responsible for um, bringing the signal itch to the brain, um, that when they get activated, they also release neuropeptides that activate the superficial blood vessels around them. So this is something where we think that we can possibly get an objective mean of the intensity of itch. Uh, we're making faster progress than ever before. New targets that come from the research that is being done and with targets come compounds that target these targets and those may be taken together then uh, offer new treatment options for sure. So we are, I hear you are very optimistic about. Absolutely getting a grip on itch. Folks, this was another episode of All Things Urticaria. Martin Metz was with, with me, uh, and uh, we wish you the best of luck with your itch research and the treatment of 
itchy patients. Uh, and please, to all of you out there, if you have urticaria, go see a specialist. If you are a specialist, good luck and success with the treatment of your patients with urticaria. All things urticaria, come and join us for another epi soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you again to our expert, Professor Marcus Mora. Remember, if you have any other questions regarding itch and urticaria, please feel free to ask us via our website, www.medthority.com forward slash urticaria. That's all we have time for today with All Things Urticaria. We would like to thank you for listening and hope to see you next time. From all of us at All Things Urticaria from Medthority, have a lovely week.